Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. By the way, this is just a life hack. Anybody here been in the middle of worship and you get distracted by an idea of something you should do or something, a good thing or whatever? That's probably Holy Spirit talking to you. So you might want to pick up the phone. But anybody, you get so distracted that you try to get back on and then you've been distracted in worship and you've lost the idea. Anybody? Or you get, one of the best things you can do in worship or in the message, or even when we're doing the offering, is have a notepad, or just on your phone, take a moment, just take half a second, pick up your phone, put it right down, and put that idea down. Like you saw blessings decrease, and you might have had an idea of a way that you can cut one of your bills. It, or, well, expenses decrease. Yeah, so, so you could have ideas for ways to more income, or maybe there's somebody you should talk to, or whatever, right? So, don't miss the opportunity, write it down, and guess what? Then you'll be able to focus. Because I, I used to get very, very distracted. Now I just realized, oh, it's Jesus. Okay, moving on. That's, that's a free life hacking. There you go. Awesome. Yay. All right, where are we at? There we go. Okay. Wow. Well, guys, we are finishing Galatians today. <laughs> By faith. Okay. You believe? No, yeah, yeah, right. I heard that one before. Awesome. Uh, we are going to finish Galatians today, and uh, it's bittersweet because it's so good. I, the testimonies that so many of you have given about how this book has come open for you as you dove in and you have met God there, and, and the liberation, the testimonies of the deliverance from religion that I'm hearing from people 20, 30, 40 years even of religion. And we were talking about this is, is, you know, I would love to think like our daughter is not religious. I have really bad news. She's raised in religion as we all are because we're all, our whole lives are being delivered from religion because religion is the spirit of this world. It's the way the world works. And it, like, that's why anybody notice children are the ultimate lawyers. They're the ultimate legalists, right? If you want shame and blame, go no further than look to your child. Because they're going to go, you said yes. We were, my, my brother and I were horrible, horrible, horrible legalists and lawyers. If my mom did something, we'd say, why are you doing that? She would tell us why. We'd write down, like, why can't we go to there? Uh-huh. That's the reason? Got it. Next time, why can't we go there? She'd give a different reason. Uh-uh-uh. Though on June 7th, 1983, you said, where, where, where are my lawyers? Come on, come on. You know, oh, yeah. Don't you dare. You know, it, you know I, <laughs> because it's the spirit of this world. And so every single one of us are being delivered from that whole system of what we said, Sadducees and Pharisees. And what are Pharisees obsessed with? Being right. And what are Sadducees obsessed with? Make it work. Right? Who's tried both sides of the aisle? Today. <laughs> right? 
You know, and, and part of it too, I, I was talking with Maggie beforehand, you know, we were just reveling and kind of coming back to the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity, deliverance from religion. And the reality is you and I will continue to be delivered from religion probably daily for the rest of our lives. But the difference will be we'll get delivered quicker. Anybody here, like you're like finally come to your senses and you're like, wow, I just blew three months on student. Right? You, the, the point is that when we are experiencing life under the curse, the life of the law, that we come to our senses quickly. So respond and return effortlessly into the sweetness of the cross, where Jesus did everything to make us right with God. And out of that right relationship flows right behavior, and, and it makes life work. You know, the Sadducees are all about tricks. Three easy steps to make it work. Who's, who's done, uh, fallen for that with uh, some sort of something online? N- no? Anybody? No? You know what I'm talking about. You know, you're like, listen, you can get out of debt and pay off your mortgage and live in Mallorca in three days. Just meet Vinny at the corner. He has a proposition for you. You know, like, like uh, the mafia is the ultimate Sadducee, right? They're like, hey, listen, no problem. Okay, over here, the Pharisees are like, it's like, it's you need to be right at all costs, right? Anybody during the last election cycle get slaughtered for not being right? There's like... Because whatever you're doing, you're wrong to somebody. Anybody figure that out? Anybody figured out at one point you were wrong to everybody? <laughs> like you couldn't even find your right place. You're like, somebody thinks like me, please, somebody. Because right, you got to believe the right thing and you got to do the right thing. It doesn't matter if it works. <laughs> well, I mean, theoretically it's supposed to work, but who cares? But we can't live in that place for very long, can we? We've got to come back. We, so, so we can't live being right, but it not working. So then we throw that out and we're like, how do I be right? All right. Everybody's with me. Wonderful. Some more than others. Awesome. All right. So go ahead. Open the Bible. Show me your Bibles. Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys make me so happy. Seriously, you... You know, the best thing you guys tell me have been telling me is, oh my gosh, I've been going back and reading. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> if I look up and I see no faces because you all are reading the Bible and have forgotten me, I'm like, so, <laughs> so please. All right. So we're in chapter six, right? So the whole thing, the whole way through, he's been saying, listen, guys, listen, listen, listen. You got saved by faith. You just trusted in Jesus because it didn't work for you, right? So again, nobody comes to Jesus except they have a problem. We never, and I never realize I've lost him unless I have a problem, right? There's some reason I come to him because life isn't working. Some things are not working. I didn't come to him because, yes, I've heard all the evidence and it feels like an intellectual ascent that I would like to join your team, sir, if I may. It's not that. It's like, ah, right? And in this place, suddenly they have an encounter with God. They get delivered from whatever enslaved them, and they get freed, and they see healings and signs and wonders, and they're like, woohoo! And then, and it's so simple. Just believe, 
and follow him. And that, and then the super teachers come in, the Sadducees and the Pharisees telling them the tricks to how to make it work. And some, anybody walk down either of these paths for very long and it starts to become incredibly brutal. The cost, the cost to keeping up appearances. Anybody, anybody know this? Like sometimes they, keeping up appearances, that's why Jesus called the Pharisees white-walled tombs. The outside looks really good, but the inside is dying, right? Because you're constantly having to steal from the inside to cover the outside. And out here to make it work, anybody here sacrifice relationships to make it work? Nobody? Three of us? Blink twice? <laughs> right? Anybody, you've, you've sacrificed, oh, who here? Who here has sacrificed your destiny and purpose to make it work? I remember when we were struggling so hard financially, I was like, okay, so what have I got that's marketable? What, how can I make money? Anybody? Anybody been in that point? You're like, literally, all I need is figure out how to make money. And Vinny can help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. We need a bag boy. Oh, at the supermarket? Not that kind of bag. <laughs> right? I, you know, I mean, there's ways to make money. Anybody figured out there's ways to make money? <laughs> So, so <laughs> low enough morals and we gotcha. Um, but in the middle of it, I remember at one point, like I was like, How do, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. And, and the devil loves to hear that. <laughs> really? And, but one of the things I realized, I've got a really good voice and I was, sti- I, t- I really do, trust me on this. And uh, we lived next door to a lady who'd been doing voiceover work for 30 years. I was like, I could do that. I could do that, that'd be amazing. I would be awesome at it. And there's nothing wrong with voiceover work. But as soon as I started down that path, God goes, why did I give you your voice? Uh, to talk about you? He said, yeah. He said, if you use the the anointing I've given you to sell cars. There's nothing wrong with selling cars. You got to understand. But my tongue has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. And when I use the gift of God that he gave me to make my own bread, that was the first temptation of Jesus. Take your anointing for the supernatural. Take this and make bread. And I realized in that moment, forgive me, but I had the exact feeling as if I just offered myself online as a prostitute. It was that dirty. I was like, whoa, backing up, backing up, backing up. Why? Because because I needed it to work. Both of these cut corners and they become brutal in the end. So, but again, and so he says this thing in five, he says, if we live by the spirit, if we walk by the spirit, we won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. And for him, the flesh is what? It's the self-motivated life, right? It's me, my own effort making it work. And and, uh, he says this thing and he says, um, you know, and he says, but if, the, the, if you live by the Spirit, and Masha gave us this great picture, right? You guys remember? The, the picture is this, that the, the, the river of life flows down from heaven effortlessly. These are, are down-moving escalators that we're trying to climb up, right? And this, if there's a flow of life, supernatural, where more is coming out of me than should be, then that's a sign of the flow of life, right? You know, we always joke, people are like, you know, God moves through worship and we're like, it was Jesus. We know, 
We know. Why? Because there was more showing up as much as the worship team put into it. And they did. What flowed out was way more than music, right? That's the sign of the supernatural life. But this is the life of diminishing returns. You know what I'm talking about? You work harder and harder and less and less effect. The great example, we were having a great conversation this week with some folks about uh, um, addictions. You know, the great thing about addictions is they work the, on the front end, don't they? Or we wouldn't do them. We're not dumb. But the longer you use them, the less effective they are at doing whatever you're asking them to do, whether it's dull the pain, distract you, give you pleasure, whatever, right? And over and over, and the price goes up. The deliverance goes down and the price goes. So as a result, that's the sign of the upward thing. And he, I mean, I've watched people, they are so excited early in their career and they commit to this 40 year career track. And by the end, they're just a shell of a person. And what was initially filling them is no longer working for them. And they're actually robbing from every other area of their life to make it work, whether robbing from their spouse, robbing from their kids, whatever. All right. Everybody's encouraged. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> So, and again, they said, he said, if you want to know whether this is, you're here or here, just look at the fruit on the inside. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? But then the chapter six, he goes, stop, stop the train. Let me show you what it looks like practically. And we talked about that they got into this place because they were trying to manage other people's sin, right? Anybody here tried to manage people's sin? I, I thought that was parent, being, parenting was all about. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was my job. You don't manage you. I manage you. Right? And then that's where Cousin Vinny comes in. Anybody parented by Cousin Vinny? No? People are like, yeah. No, I mean, it's like, Shh, I don't care what's happening on the inside of you. Just do it because I said so. All right. So, so this is this whole thing, this, this whole thing he's come through. But then he comes to it and he says this amazing thing. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit uh, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Now, anybody been used, abused with that scripture before? Like you weren't aware that you were screwing up because you're dumb but people felt they needed to help you understand how dumb you were? No? Nobody? Like, listen, buddy, you're going to rape it. You're going to rape it. <laughs> what he's trying to say is he said, guys, listen, whatever you sow into the ground, if you sow out of your own effort, it's going to produce hell eventually. doesn't matter how good it looks on the front end. It's going to produce hell. But... If you live from the spirit, if you live from this flow, if, you, if you're planting what God is putting in you, guess what? It will eventually produce supernatural fruit. Okay? All right, moving forward. Let us not, therefore, become weary of do, in doing good. What is good? Good is what flows out of God. It's not morality. Morality is a byproduct. God's quite moral. But it's a byproduct. Good is what flows out of God, right? Because, see, a Pharisee can do the good thing and inside be full of hell. 
That's why Jesus said, it doesn't matter, oh, I've never killed anybody. He's like, dude, I saw your heart. Your heart. So good, it's not about, it's about good is what God has put in you flowing out of you, right? Don't become weary in doing good. Why would you become weary in doing good? For at the proper time, that's that word kairos. You, you people who've been in church a while, kairos is what? It's the divine moment, the intersection, the perfect moment. Anybody here learn to drive a stick shift? Do you know there's a perfect moment to engage the gear? How do you know if you haven't hit the perfect moment? <laughs> right? At the Kairos moment, he said, you will reap a harvest, but what's the condition? If we don't give up. Now, some of you guys remember when Cassandra was talking about her book, one of the core things in there is, listen, if you don't give up, you're guaranteed to win, right? The thing about it is, so look at this. Let us not become weary in doing good. In other words, doing what God has put in our heart to do. For at that time, proper time, you will reap a harvest and we do not give up. What kind of language is sowing and reaping and harvest? Agricultural, right? So I want to show you. I went back and looked at Jesus' parables. And about a third of his parables are agricultural. And over half of them deal with time. Because agriculture is obsessed with time, isn't it? Anybody planted a seed and expected it to produce fruit instantaneously? As a child, I did. I remember I ordered these little seeds. I, I did this whole thing on Life Cereal, and I got a, a seed kit. You know, probably 12 years old at that point, the seed kit. And I, anyway, and I planted them, and I'm like, like I'm staring at them every day. Like, you know, and finally, I think I dug them up. Well, that was helpful. Why? Because I'd grown weary in doing good and I didn't, and I gave up. Therefore, was there a harvest? Okay, this is really important because many of us have been told this weary of doing good, you are weary in doing good already. Watch this. This is, this is what I mean. A lot of times we're weary from doing good because it's not good from God, it's just good. There is a weariness of this life. Just because you're weary doesn't mean, and it's good, doesn't mean it's God. So you gotta, uh, you gotta separate those two first. Because many of us th thought we were being faithful, continuing to do this, and it was just producing more hell in our lives. Does that make sense? So it's really important. The first thing is just because it's good doesn't mean it's from God. Well, how would you know it's from God? Because it brings the fruit of the Spirit. But here is where it gets difficult. He said, but at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest. I'll give you a great example. Anybody here been offended by the people you live, at, live with? <laughs> this morning. People are like, he's talking about you. No, no, no nudging. We're a nudge-free church. So, so uh, familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? Okay, so here's, here's the deal. When, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be offended at you. But anybody here done, heard this? I love you, but. You know what's coming next is not going to feel like love, does it? You know, I, 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 I was thinking about this because I do this a lot. So you, I'm giving you freedom to call me on this, okay? It's scary. I do this phrase. Somebody says something, I'm like, yeah, but. And God's like, you know, yeah, but really means, 
Not really. Right? There's no yeah. Is there? When you say yeah, but, what are you saying? You're going, eh, eh. I'm just agreeing so you'll shut up so I can tell you how you're wrong. But the thing is, too, with that is a lot of times we'll say, I love them, but nobody today. Yeah, right. I love them. But and what the Lord was really convicting my heart, he said, he said, Peter, stop saying that because it's not true. I was like, well, but, but, but yeah, but no, <laughs> the worst thing is having a conversation with an omniscient God because he sees through all of your stuff, right? Um, anyway, and I'm like, oh, but what, why, why do you say that, Lord? He said, if there was love, there'd be no but. Because my love has no but. Okay, moving along. He does not like big butts. Okay. He doesn't like little ones. He's not into butts. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I, all right, well, let's just, uh, let's have the worship team, no. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness, wow. I think, now we're going to see what redemption looks like to see if he can redeem this. All right, um, no, the, the thing is, is that if it is love, it does not, it does, there's no exception thank you somebody knows what i'm talking about we have like interpretation for this um there's no exception there's no condition now here's the deal anybody here you've loved somebody but then you gave a boundary but let me show you what the yeah but boundary looks like i love you i love you oh my gosh why are you making me give you this boundary i'm giving you this boundary i love you that's why i'm giving you this boundary if i didn't if i didn't love you i would have killed you i'm just giving you a boundary do you not see the love i haven't shot you yet i'm so offended that you're making me put a boundary on you when it's love guess what i'm not offended that you don't res that you don't respect me when i it's love I can give a boundary and there's, and, and there's no offense. Does that make sense? And so, so I can give a boundary, but it's not, how dare you? Anybody here, you've, um, oh, let's see. I just hate outing all of us at once. Um, all right, I'll just talk about kids because every one of us was a kid at one point. So, um, well, forget about kids. Have you been loving somebody in your life who doesn't love you back? Anybody? You've been loving someone that doesn't love you back, and your love ran out. Um, I love one of the things God said to Masha years ago when she was struggling with a toddler. We only have one, so you can guess who. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, she said, and, and she was like, ah, I'm all out of love. I'm all out of love. Um, <laughs> And what happens? And God says, who told you that? See, if you have God who is love on the inside, what you ran out of was your fake version of love. His love never ends. Nothing can separate us from his love. You can't make God stop loving you. Honestly, I think that is what the fires of hell are to the devil. God's like, I love you, shut up. I love you, man. I know you're calling. I know how wonderful you were made to be. I love you, man. Stop it. 
He loves us. He loves us. He loves us with a never-ending love. And therefore, with love, he can let us have the consequences of the choices we make. Why? Because he's for us. He loves us. But it doesn't change his love for us. And so why is he, he talk about doing, weary of doing good. What's the context? Because he was talking about they're struggling as a body. They're struggling in relationship. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people. That's a typo, right? <laughs> especially those who belong to the family of believers. Why do you think he said especially? Anybody here, you have no problem loving people out there? But people in here or people in your home? is a whole nother story. But the, so, love, uh, so why is he saying growing weary? Don't give up growing weary. Anybody here, you got a breakthrough in loving the person who's unlovable? And so you began to love them? And it didn't produce the result you were hoping for? In the time frame you were expecting? And, how can you tell you grow weary? Because you bail from the process. Why? Because you, have, what we've done in that moment is we've switched over to the Sadducee thing. Okay, God, anybody here, you were obedient to God and you expected a certain result in a certain amount of time and it didn't happen and so you got ticked off and disappointed and offended at God? Yep. That's because what we did is we started good with, yes, Lord, I hear you. You're, yes, Lord, I will do it. Yes, Lord, I'm obedient. Yes, I feel your love and power to do this. Didn't work yet. Didn't work yet. Oh, it will work. But it won't work when you expect it. It won't work when you demand it. A great example. Raise up a child in the way they shall go. And what's the end of that verse? When they are... Oh, what about the middle distance? My, my mom has said how that verse comforted her when at one point all three of her kids were MIA. And in particular, one had judged, my brother had judged the church for all the hypocrisy he saw. He's an idealist and nothing lived up to his ideals. And, uh, and there were things to be offended at. And he just, he ran the opposite direction. He was like a transcendental meditationist, whatever. And he was way out there. And they just hung on to that. And guess what? He's a pastor today. Do not grow weary of doing good. Not, I'm loving you. Don't you feel the love? Not that. <laughs> if you don't feel the love, they ain't going to feel the love. Because you don't have to squint at love. You don't have to say, I love you, but. Yeah, but. I can love you and in love give you a boundary. In love, I can give you a consequence. I'm not offended at you. Why are you making me give you a consequence? <sighs> love, 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 love. All right. So where, where is this coming from? Remember, all these phrases are what? They're agricultural. So where does this come from? You guys got Bibles. I saw them before, so you can't hide now. Genesis chapter 3. You guys remember, what was the consequence of them sinning? Of them, the sin was not about the apple. It was, God, we're going to do it ourselves. Eve had a need. She had a need to be like God. It was a need that God was developing in her. They were made in his image to grow in his likeness, just as Jesus grew in favor with God and men. They were meant to grow, but she... The devil tricked her and told her that the need she had could be met 
by herself. And that's the apple. That's the sin. And God comes, and God doesn't, doesn't shame them. He's actually inviting them back to tag him in, to take over. Instead, what do they do? They cover themselves up with fig leaves. What do they do? They blame each other. And he says, well, if you're going to live the life of self-motivation, the flesh, if you're going to live that, I got to tell you, you should read the label, the warning label. For the woman, he says, verse 16, you're going to have pains in childbirth that are very severe and painful labor when you give birth to your children. And your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. I was having a talk with the lady who was cutting my hair and then talking about men. I can't tell you all we talked about. Um, but, uh, but um, no, I can't say that. Anyway, and, uh, and she was like, well, you know, because I understand that my, uh, my you know, he's going to rule over me or whatever. I said, honey, that's the curse. That's not the way God designed it. That is what it looks like when you do it yourself. We were joking about before, you know, there, uh, a guy, Mark Gungor, put online, he said, fun fact, women think more about what men are thinking than men actually think. <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean, and, and that's the reality. That's an, that's an evidence of the fact that he's Lord over you without even realizing it. Because he's like, I think he's so offended at me. Huh, who, where, what? What were you thinking about? Nothing. So, so the reality is that's not God's design. He said, but if it's up to you to manage your relationship with your husband or your wife or anybody, it's not going to turn out well. If you're going to try to bring babies into this world all on your own, it's not going to be good. But what does he say to Adam? He says, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your bread until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. What is he saying? He's saying, um, you guys remember, the, anybody seen the Energizer Bunny commercials they'll have? You know, the Energizer Bunny's going, and the other toy is going, what he's saying is, when you disconnect from me, you run down. It's all on you, and eventually, death is the result. He's saying, listen, guys, you were meant to live in partnership with me where I bring a supernatural harvest, where I bring the fruit in your heart that brings the fruit in your life. You were meant to live this way, but you have chosen the world of diminishing returns. Thistles and thorns, if you burn them up in a fire, they burn really quickly and they go out. They are useless. The, the thing is is, is, is all of this stuff, he said, listen, this was not God's intent for us. God's intent was the garden of Eden, the garden of pleasure, the garden of life. But instead, when we see, we decide we're going to do it on our own, that's when the problems begin. Because God always designed that processes take what? Time. It's agriculture. But what do we do? We back, we back out of the process early because we've already disengaged and we've gone to a Sadducee heart. Make it work. Uh, uh, Maggie and I were talking earlier about this, about how easy it is to slip out of uh, the joy of the gospel. Because if you live out of this, guess what happens? You start producing fruit. And you start looking good. 
And soon you're trusting in the fruit. And you become fruity. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like suddenly what was like effortless joy of the gospel. Anybody here, like you got saved and you could not stop telling people about Jesus. And then it became a work. It's because I started going and telling people about Jesus and God showed up and it was wonderful. And then I started telling other people about how I told people about Jesus. And I started drinking from the fruit that God produced rather than drinking from him. And the result is death. And so the minute we, so we will find ourselves constantly in this cycle where God's producing wonderful things that arise in spite of us. And they'll be like, well, yes, that's right. It's a rise. And God's like, oh, I, you know, I had this experience on Monday. I had, a, I had a moment on Monday where I went to a bad place. I, I got some negative feedback, and uh, it was mixed feedback, and I didn't do well with it in my heart. And I was like, and God goes, oh, no, that's just evidence that you were actually drinking from the positive feedback. See, if negative feedback tanks you, it's because you've been sucking on the positive feedback to feed you. And I was like, I, was, I had this moment, I was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I was like, I'm a worm and not a man. I'm just a failure. Ah! Oh, did you see me there? Awesome. Great. We were there together. Anyway, and I'm in this place, and I'm like, ah! And God goes, I love you. And I'm like, why? No, no. What did you say? Oh, gosh, how did you say it? Uh, it was like, I love you, but also, you know, I, I, I oh, oh, I, you know, it's, uh, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I said, why are you pleased? What have I done? And he goes, you chose me. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing, the win I get to take. The only win I have is I choose him. Everything else is his. If you see anything good in my life, it's his. I only got the choose part. But it's a really nice choosing. No, but I don't get any of the credit for the things he does through me. I only get credit for the choice to say yes to Jesus. So in that moment, in that moment... As, as we live out of that place, there's such joy, there's such freedom, there's such deliverance, there's such, whoo. And so the minute, what Wimasha and I feel like we've gotten better and better at is just re recognizing this more quickly, this more quickly, this more quickly, so that we go back to this with what? Our choice. Jesus, I repent. I turn from dead works. I turn from trying to do it myself. Um, we did a video on Thursday about needs. And the reality is God gave you needs on purpose. We talked about this last week. Needs so that you do what? Need each other and need God, right? You're not, a, you're not one of those flat, shiny Legos. You're a Lego with bumps, meant to connect with God and connect with each other. You're not meant to fulfill yourself. You're not meant to meet all your needs, that he would meet all our needs according to his riches and glory, right? It's his life. But, but a lot of times we get confused about what the actual need is, just like the devil tricked Eve. Um, if I can just do this real, 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 real quick, this might be helpful for some folks. The others of you don't have to listen. All right, so here's the deal. Um, what are some of our drugs of choice? Uh, drugs of choice. You know, like you're struggling, and so you, what do you do? Lay food, okay, food, food, food. What? 
Shopping. What else? TV. TV. Binge. Binge. Watch. Business. Busyness. Yeah. Sleep. Sleep. The board's not big enough. So I love you guys because you guys are so sweet. We're just going to put, yeah, there you go. Now, we'll just have another box down here where you can put the real answer. <laughs> well, that got awkward quick. Okay, so we have a need, right? And when we, what happens is we have a default that when we're struggling, when something's not right inside of us, we do what? We go to that thing. It's your go-to, automatic. Like, like it could be picking up your phone and looking at it, checking your notifications, whatever it is. Okay. But the problem is we don't actually usually recognize that we actually have a need. We've already met it. We think. But does that really meet it? Anybody here binge watch till 3 a.m. and realize you wish you hadn't? Right? No, that, that whole thing is I am trying to meet a need, but it may feel like I'm meeting it on the front end, but when I get done, it, it's not. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. The reality is we have God-given needs that he wants to meet, but he can't meet them if we're meeting them ourselves on the front end because we don't know what the need is. So, you know, I realized, uh, we'll just say sex, shall we? Okay, let's just put that one there. But it could be all of these, right? Social media, right? Is we have a need. We have needs for comfort. We have the need for, uh, for pleasure. We have a need for excitement and fulfillment. We have a need for connection. We have a need for a number of very core things. And I, I made a whole, a whole uh, map of this. But the reality is, you know, okay, I was, talking about, I was talking with someone this week. And they were saying they were struggling because when they went to the gym, they would struggle with lust. Because they were looking at, at the other people there looking quite nice. Now, what... I'm subtle. And, um, and, and what was happening is, is the reality is like, I think I want this. But the reality is, maybe I want excitement. Maybe I, what I really need is pleasure. Maybe I need to feel a sense of accomplishment. Maybe I need connection. I feel really lonely. Maybe I need this. And it's a lot easier to meet the need myself than to be vulnerable before God and others. We, I, I really appreciate it. Marcia Ann said on, on the video, she said, I, sometimes I just need a hug. And, 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 and so she, she clarified from Dave. So that's good. So people are like, I'm here for you. No, she's, just, she's good. She's good. But, but the reality, and I, I said this as well, ladies, you need to understand when you have a need, it's not love that he psychically understands your need. And it's not prophecy either. You need to explain your need to the man because remember, he's not actually thinking. <laughs> I know you saw my need, huh? <laughs> what? Oh, you've been standing there. Oh, my bad, right? No, you need to, we have to be vulnerable to share our needs with each other. Not to manipulate them, to fill our need, right? And share, sometimes, I loved what Emily wrote about uh, a blog post um, about hunger. You know, she was crying out to God for God to increase her hunger for him. And she suddenly realized she was dissatisfied everywhere. Guess what? And God's like, yes, because I'm making you long for me. Some of your needs can only be met by God. Listen, if your wife or your husband in the future or the past, whatever, was meant to be the main way you feel connection, 
They can't meet that need. If, they, if you were wanting to feel accepted, guess what? You're going to have days when you're trying to hurt each other. I'm not feeling the connection right now. Right? We, there are things that can be met by God and there are things that are met by people. It's not either or. We're given needs, but it, when we try to do them ourselves, we moved over to the flesh with Eve. And the curse, that upward treadmill, is the result. Does that make sense? All right, good. We are finishing. Galatians. Bye, bye. All right, somewhere in here is Galatians. I love, all right. Okay, so Galatians. All right. See, and then I love this, this line, verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write in, to you in my own hand. Why is he doing this? Because up to this point, some, he had somebody taking dictation. But he really wanted them to know, this is me. And so he doesn't have good handwriting. Right? Because he doesn't write for a living. So uh, they had, uh, they had uh, scribes for that. He said, those who, so he's, this is his wrap-up. Those who want to impress people by the means of the flesh. Remember Sadducees? Sadducees are all, or Pharisees are about impressing others. Right? He said, they are trying to compel you to be circumcised. In case you were curious, he's like, if anybody missed the thread, don't do it. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. I was like, what kind of persecution is there? People going around checking your circumcision. Like, what kind of weird, you know? And I realized this is the persecution. It's the persecution from the other people who are going around checking your fruit. Checking to see if you, oh, have, have, you, have, you, have you prayed for two hours today? It's persecution of being judged by others either because you're not doing or because of what you are doing. It's persecution of rejection because you are not in a certain income bracket. Whatever it is, it's, it's a rejection. And he said, listen, listen, listen. He said, and, and Peter fell into this. Remember Peter, though we were talking about this at the beginning, Peter, when he, he came and he was like, he was afraid of being judged by the, the Pharisees. So what did he do? He bailed on hanging out with the uncircumcised. So that he could do all right. He avoided rejection. People were like, I'd rather be put on a rack than being rejected. But that's the, that's, that is. He said, but I ne he said, not even those who are circumcised keep the law. It doesn't work for them. Yet they want you to be circumcised in, in, that they may blow, bo boast about your circumcision in the flesh. That circumcision isn't in there. It's ba boast about your flesh, about your own self-effort. Anybody here, you worked really, really hard, you felt like horrible about it, but you posted it online and made it look really pretty so that people could at least think you were awesome. Three of us? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you weren't seeing the results. Okay. Too close to home. Uh, man, I never boast except in the cross of Christ. Not in, if I'm boasting in something I've done, in me, it's works. It's my effort. It's not his work in me. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither the circumcision, circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. You are made new. You are not the old. Like imagine it's like if you were, if you were a uh, 69 Buick that runs, you know, gets three miles to the gallon. And suddenly they pull out the engine and put an entirely new electric motor from a Tesla in it. 
you're not the same. <laughs> right? First of all, there's not a black cloud coming from behind you. Second of all, you're not dripping oil. Second, third of all, you're, you are actually getting great mileage. And fourth of all, you have crazy speed. That's what happened. When you said yes to Jesus, he pulled out of you that engine that was not working and, and getting worse. And he put in you something that is powered by him. It fully powered by him. And he said, that's what matters. Not your results, not what you're doing. If you live from that place, there will be results. But if you live from the results, you'll be back in that place, other place. Peace and mercy to all who follow the rule, to the Israel of God. Why? Because they were saying, you're not the Israel of God. You're not part of Israel. You're not part of God's family unless you've done a little surgery. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What is he saying? He said, because of love, I went and I shared this with people and I was hurt for it. I, you will be persecuted. If you refuse to cover yourself with man-made works, you will be rejected. You will be, you will be judged. People say, where is your fruit? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> On the inside. <laughs> right? Like, hey, I'm going to show you my love. There it is. I'm going to show you my patience. Nobody can see the fruit of the Spirit in you. But they'll see it when it manifests out of you. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, amen. All right. Woo! We did it. Congratulations. I think we're, if we can have the worship team come up, I think uh, we're going to have to have like t-shirts. I survived Galatians or something. Um, oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Wow. But that was so much fun. I really love, love doing this with y'all. I've loved how you guys have, have engaged, but also how you've received and how you have taken it to the bank. And the testimonies we're hearing are crazy. So I would just ask this. If you are seeing this manifest in your life, and could you shoot us a testimony of that? Because we, a lot of times, this here is theory. But you and I living it out is the evidence that other people need to have faith to try for themselves. Does that make sense? So we really want to gather the testimonies because the testimonies we've heard of deliverance from religion have been awesome. Let's stand. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you that when we were just completely messed up working for Cousin Vinny, when we were totally messed up and, and, and trying to keep the church ladies happy, you, Lord, reached down and pulled us out of hell and gave us new life and a spirit that effortlessly fulfills the things you've called us to do. In your beautiful name, amen.